Well, good morning. Let's do that again. Good morning. I love what David said in a psalm. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord together. It's great to be together for corporate worship. That's one of my favorite uh, worship songs. How marvelous, how wonderful. And I love that last stanza. Uh, Forever we will be worshiping him. Aren't you looking forward to that? COVID-19 will not affect our worship around the throne. Can you say amen to that? Uh, this morning, let me make you aware of a few things before I share with you uh, what's on my heart this morning. Uh, men, we want to encourage you, on August the 21st at 6 p.m., we're doing this as a corporate uh, body at large in our community. There is a What's at Stake dinner. It's going to be at Mount Zion Baptist Church. It's $20 a plate for men or $110 for a table. Men, we encourage you to be a part of that. You can sign up through our website online and register for that. Um, and then tonight, this evening at 6 p.m., there's men's gathering for prayer out in East Newton County. There'll be a van leaving here at 515. If you want to go out and pray uh, under under some big oak trees, uh, you're welcome. We would encourage you to be a part of that. And then women's prayer at 6 p.m., information of that is through our website. You can get that. And then this Wednesday evening at 6 p.m., we have our first and foremost corporate gathering of prayer. So I want to encourage you to be here to pray together as a body. And then excitingly, next Sunday, uh, we are going to be able to have communion together, right? Um, It's been a long time, but we finally got these little cups in that have been on back order for a long time that has your uh, the wafer and the juice in it. And so be prepared next Sunday to come together with corporate worship and as we partake of communion together. Then lastly, uh, many of you know you've you've heard many of the updates uh, with uh, little Beckett, Jamie and uh, Blake Cutter's son. He is now at Scottish Rite Children's Hospital. And as a body, and as an expression of love to them. If you can imagine, they're making daily trips there, uh, have incurred a lot of extra burden financially. And so I just want to make the body aware that next Sunday, following our morning service, we're going to be receiving a love offering to help take care of them and these additional expenses that they have had in the midst of that. So you pray and be prepared next Sunday morning uh, as you come uh, to be able to give a part of a love offering to them. We just want to take care of them and help them in that. And so I love the picture that the body helps provide and take care for each other. Well, let's pray this morning before we look at uh, the Word of God. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and grace to us. God, we thank you that, Lord, during the midst of now, I guess, 21, 22 weeks, we've been in the cycle of of the pandemic, God, that, Lord, you have remained faithful to us, God. And, Lord, I thank you that our body has remained faithful to you. And, Lord, I pray that, uh, God, we uh, have wisdom as we navigate, Lord, what the implications are. God, we know that we have a mission still to fulfill as the body of Christ, Lord, to win people to Jesus, to disciple them, and then to send them for Christ. So, Lord, we pray that you give us wisdom as we uh, look to uh, reemerge in that sense of anticipation of what the future might hold, God. And we ask that in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. Uh, how many of you are familiar with the word antrophy? Yeah. Antrophy is that condition that sometimes happens to the human body 
where uh, there is immobility and it can be brought on by different things, but it, it tends to lead to where there's a breaking down of muscle function in the human body and sometimes it attacks organs in the human body, which renders the person uh, immobile and over a period of time when entropy sets in, what happens is muscle mass begins to deteriorate, organs begin to fail, and eventually it will lead to the death of that individual. Some of the common causes of atrophy in the human body is a lack of physical activity where one gets rendered uh, immobile and they lay there and over a period of time atrophy continues to take on until the body wastes away. Sometimes what can lead to atrophy is malnutrition. Uh, we see that many times in cases, particularly around the world, where even, even little children develop uh, atrophy as a result of malnutrition, where they're not getting the right substances in their body to keep their body functioning and alive. And oddly enough, and it seems that um, we might not think of this, but one of the things that can lead to atrophy in a human being is a sense of hopelessness. We're seeing that more and more now in our assisted care living facilities and nursing homes where, where they cannot have human contact. They have to visit their family outside of the windows and, and hopelessness begins to set in and atrophy can begin to take place. Well, I want to use that analogy to, to connect it to us as a local church body. Because we've taken 22 weeks now, and we've had to scale things back cautiously for reason, but I'm reminded that the mission still continues in the local church. And we've been praying now for weeks as a staff and asking the Lord, Lord, how can we uh, continue to meet that mission that you've given to us and yet be wise and set precautions as would be necessary so that we don't spread the virus, right? Uh, we continued or re-implemented our corporate worship services back on June the 12th and with the social distancing in that place. But what has been on my heart in the last couple of weeks strongly has been that I am not concerned, hear me, underline this, I am not concerned about losing church members. But I'm very deeply concerned about sheep wandering away from the fold. Does that make sense? We can have all the bottoms in the seat and fill up the room, but what concerns me are sheep that have gotten disconnected from body life and the encouragement through the body, and they've gradually begun to slip away from the fold. And I'm concerned that if we don't begin to lay some platform to reconnect that, then it may be too late to bring them back into the sheepfold, right? Remember, Jesus called us to do what? Make church members, right? No, Jesus has called us and commissioned us to make disciples. And somehow in the midst of the circumstances that we are facing, that mission has not gone away. And so what we've been praying is, God, how do we continue in that mission in a very wise way, an appropriate way, so that we might gather the sheep back in the fold and get them engaged in that process of discipleship and making others disciples. 
we, I mentioned that we regathered, started beginning to gather again in our corporate worship on June the, tw- on the June the 12th. And so let me give some reasons as to why biblically the foundation is here as to what we are, are going to, uh, attempt, if you will, or not attempt, but we anticipate being able to re-implement this fall as we open some things back up to encourage that process of discipleship and winning others to Christ. Number one is our corporate worship setting time. Here's some reasons that the Bible gives as why it's so important for us to gather together corporately as a body. Number one is this, that according to the Word of God, when we gather together corporately, it's through the worship of God in song and through prayer and through the reading of Scripture and the exhortation of Scripture that your faith and my faith is fueled by the Word of God. I've never known a person's faith to be cu- uh, to be fueled by events, really. I- I've never known a, a a person's faith to be fueled by an exciting time where we just create events to get people hyped up and say, rah, 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 that's not it. Our faith is encouraged and it is exhorted through the Word of God. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. You see, there's something that happens that when the Word of God is expounded, when the Word of God is taught, when the Word of God has application to it in our lives, that by the Holy Spirit working and active through the Word of God, I don't know about you, but that strengthens my faith more than anything could ever strengthen my faith. I can have a low day. I can have circumstances going on in my life, situations going on in my family, and somehow another, when I come together corporately and I hear the Word of God exhorted, exhorting me, and sometimes where there's correction that needs to take in my, uh, taking place in my life, that by the Spirit of God, my faith is encouraged when I come back to God and His Word, and He works in me through that. We're very familiar with the, with the verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, where the writer exhorted those believers there as he was writing to them. He encouraged them to not neglect to meet together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, during COVID-19, we've had to take some different formats where we are able to corporately worship together, gather together in our, in our large corporate meetings, and some are watching today via Facebook, or they may be watching later tomorrow on the YouTube, and all of that is great and fun, and I'm thankful for those technologies, and we've invested some to enhance those so that those who are not able to come, who may be at high risk, are able to engage corporately, although it's not physically They're able to engage in that way. And he says this, he says, but encouraging, this is in the gathering, the corporate gathering, he says, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I don't know when that day is. That day that he's referring to is when the Lord Jesus returns. Some of us have the idea that it's at any moment, and it could be at any moment. We don't know when it is. Even the Son doesn't know. But we know without a doubt that Jesus is going to return. He says, 
all the more reason to gather corporately as we see the day approaching. We don't know when that day is going to be, but we know it is going to come. And in the midst of that, we need to gather together corporately. Number two is this, that when the Word of God is, is, is taught and is, there's application made, there is always that unique thing that God works in every local church body through the exhortation of the Word of God. Now, I love listening to Alistair Begg. How many of you are familiar with Alistair Begg? One of the best Bible expositors living today. And I love listening to his podcast. But many times what he is addressing, he is addressing to the local church body where he pastors and shepherds that body. And I believe that God works through the teaching of the Word to exhort the individual body where God is leading the explanation of God's Word and the application in that particular body. When you think about this, all of Paul's letters that he wrote were written to local church bodies within a region. The book of Philippians to the area of Philippi, the book of Ephesians to those in Ephesus, the book of Colossians to those in Coloss, and each one of his letters deals with and addresses specifics within that local church body. And so God has purposed it that he works and moves through a local church body. It has been that way since day one, the birth of the church, and it will be that way until Jesus comes back. Now, we have the body of Christ that's at large, but the body of Christ in New York City is dealing with very different situations and settings than First Conyers is in Conyers, Georgia, right? Because it's a different region, it's a different place, and it's a different makeup of those who are part of the body. So the local church is vitally important. And we need to fight for, we need to strengthen, we need to encourage the local church. Number three is this. We are the body of Christ. Think about that. There are a couple of illustrations we could use to expound in Scripture that Paul used. But when you think of the body, the body is made up of many parts, right? Paul gives an illustration. One is an eye, one's a foot, one's a hand. But God, by the Holy Spirit, collectively brings all of those parts, draws all of those parts to a local church body so that we can sit on Sunday morning, have our happy hallelujah party, and then go home and critique the message of the pastor that morning. No. God brings all of those together in His unique way so that the body of Christ might be built up so that we might be encouraging of one another and also so that we go outside of these four walls and be the body of Christ where we are, right? And so it's a time of exhortation in that. When I, when I think about our body and the makeup here at First Conyers, I realize that, that there are many voices when we come together to worship corporately. Some great and some horrible. But when we worship together, there is beautiful. 
beautiful song and expression that Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit are taking in and saying, yes, they're magnifying me because it's all about Him and it is not about us. Can you say amen to that? And so we have many voices that come together. We have multiple generations. I love it. Turn to the left, look to your left, and look to your right. Isn't, that is a gift from God that we have multiple generations in our church body. I was told last week, and Amy, I'm putting you on the spot, but Amy made the comment that it is so great. Wave your hand there, Amy. <laughs> it's been so refreshing for her to be able to worship with three generations and their family coming together. Can I say this? I need older men in my life. I'm almost becoming one of them. (laughs) I'm not going to get in the flesh right now, Glenn. I'm going to leave you alone. But listen, just as much as I need older men in, in my life, I need younger men in my life too. I need, I need, I need young men like my son-in-law, Brian. I I need young men like Zach Hammonds in my life. And they need me in their life as well. You see, that is a biblical principle. You'll find all the way from God's calling out of Israel through all the New Testament that God's intention is that the body of Christ come together as a body with all makeups, all generations. Any way other than that, I would go as far as to say that's just anti-biblical. We are the family of God. When you come together at your dinner table at home, it is the family that gathers together. And so using that analogy of the family throughout Scripture, we are the family of God. (laughs) We don't get to choose our siblings either, do we? (laughs) Thirdly, I, I see various cultures coming together. And that includes ethnicities. I believe that is God's intention. I hate it. I hate it. And I think it's, I, I, I think it's, I, to define one as a white church or a black church or a Latino church, I think that just smacks in the face of what God intends for the body of Christ and that we would be all cultures and all generations. And can I say this? That will always cause rubs. Going further from that, multiple cultures. There are some of you who grew up in New York City. Well, can I tell you, your culture is very different from mine where I grew up in rural Newton County. But in Christ, those things can be brought together. He is the one who has torn down the dividing wall so that we might be the body of Christ and reflect Him and all of His giftings, all of the cultures that we come from, coming together and magnifying Him. There are various gifts of expression as we express to God in worship. There are the the method of singing and vocalizing 
our, our expression of worship to God, God has gifted some with all various means of instruments that we might express God in, the most important being the banjo. <laughs> Had to get that in there. But to say to one who has a gift with this means that you're not wanted because you don't fit in is saying to God, God, you sent a gift here whereby we might express to you our worship, but we've chosen that we don't want to have that in our worship. Multitude of gifts. Multitude of voices, multitude of generation, numerous gifts. And when we come together to corporately worship Him, I'm reminded over and over and over that it is not about me. It is about Him. And can I tell you, in all love, it is not about you. It's about Him. We are the body of Christ. We come together to worship Him, to encourage each other, to cry out in prayer, to comfort those who might need to be comforted, and to build up. And it's in that place that we as the body of Christ get our encouragement, we get our exhortation, and we get our marching orders so that we leave this building and God uses us in every place that we are to be salt and light to carry out the mission that He's called us to. You see, this is more of a rally. This is bringing the body together. The the church, the gathering assembly is for the saints. It's for the ecclesia. It's for us that we might be exhorted so that we go out. And can I tell you, I think the most effective means and ways of making disciples that begins with evangelism are in the lives of those that are in your sphere where you are. You can reach them better than any other person can reach them as you've built relationship with them. Moving forward, we are going to continue as one corporate worship service. I gave you the reasons there biblically as I think that there's precedence that we continue that way. And somebody says, well, what what happens when you pack out the place? Well, if that happens, if the Lord blesses that, what I say to that is then it's time to ask the Lord, Lord, where do you want us to plant another church body? And who are those that while we would hate to lose them as a part of our body, that we send them there so that God might plant another local church there so that the whole thing continues. I've been doing this for 30-something years, and, and I've seen the different moves to the body of Christ. And I don't care how you slice it or dice it. Anytime when a church gets to multiple services, what they have are multiple churches trying to function in the same facility. And so we are one church, one body. We're going to continue with the one service moving forward in that. Now, uh, COVID restrictions might cause us to, to maybe have to go into two times, but it'll be the same service each time. No longer trying to say, this is what I want, and that's what I want, and we're going to try to design. Can I tell you, that is an absolute nightmare when you're trying to get a body to move in one direction under the mission of God. Along with our corporate worship, 
we are anticipating, underline that word anticipating, we are anticipating because we don't know what the virus is going to do. Right now, as it's holding, it would look good to be able to do this, but, but none of us know. Who knows exactly what the virus is going to do in September? None of us do. God, God does. God has us in a peculiar place. But one of the things that, that is so vital to the body of Christ, especially when a church gets over about 30 in attendance, is that any time our church reaches that point, you have got to break into groups that we call small groups. Some of you may still call them Sunday school, whatever you want to call them. The purpose is the same. If we're just coming on Sunday morning, we're not going to receive the fullness that God desires for us to have in the body of Christ where we experience body life. You hear it all the time. It's like a broken record. We want you to be engaged in a small group in a time where you come together as a small number of people and you connect with each other through the Word of God and you encourage each other in your walk with God. You pray for one another. You meet the needs that you have of one another. It's beautiful when you see a small group, and we have a number of them here that function in this way. I'm not concerned that a person's needs are not being met if they're connected to a small group ministry or to a small group. Just a couple of weeks ago, in my small group my wife leads, there was a, a grave need within that small group. So the word went out of the situation due, due to job loss or job cutback because of COVID-19. And, and I, I watched, it was neat, I watched as that group of ladies gathered the resources that they had and were able to meet the need of this person who has great need. Folks, that's the body working the way that God's intended it to work. Many of you know, Miss, uh, or you may not know, Miss Dodior, at any moment she's going to be passing uh, over here at Remington has had a stroke, and, and she'll be passing. It may be today. But, but I've watched as I've been included in some of the text messages because most of that age demographic are, are not comfortable coming together. But the needs to the family, the prayers, the encouragement, all of that, that it happens through the means that God's given us at minimum, the texting, but to watch that group come together and pray for her, knowing that she's about to realize the fullness of her salvation and be in Jesus's presence, but they're praying for the son and the daughter and the other family. That's what body life is all about. And so in that, we are going to, beginning September the 13th after Labor Day, we anticipate being able to open up the campus for two hours of small group where there'll be an 8.30 hour and then there'll be an 11 o'clock hour for small group. Now, many of you may not be comfortable in doing that. I understand. But for those who can, and, and if that's the way that you'll be able to engage in a small group, then I want to encourage you to, to, re, to revisit that, to open that back up. Notice I say small group. Now, this might cause some irony with some folks. But I have never been in a large group where I can have the intensity of body life that I can within a small group. It's the care and the nurturing within that group. Large group is not another setting for just to teach the Bible. 
small group is where we get together and we learn each other. We love each other. We encourage each other. I don't know about you, but my life just does not allow me to have that many close people in my life where I really know them. I have a Friday morning group of guys that I meet with in a discipleship group. You can call it a small group, but, but we're growing in where we really know each other. There's five of us in it, and it's a challenge with five, right, Matt? But it's in that small group where we love, encourage, and exhort, and they're able to call me out and say, J-Mo, you are being a bozo, right? You see, some of us get in large groups. Brian, you're in it too, but you're my son-in-law. You can't call me a bozo. Um, there are benefits in those small group settings where we can have these relationships together and experience what I believe Jesus encouraged us that we'd have, that we'd, we'd have life abundantly. He wants us to experience Christian community in that way. Now, we're going to be doing some things a little bit... Um, different in coordination, and, and one of them is this, that, that our kids, our K through 4 kids, parents, we're going to encourage you to bring them into that 10 o'clock corporate worship hour. Can I say, I think it's so important for kids to see mom and dad or grandma, granddad, just mom, just dad. I think it's important for kids to see you worshiping Jesus. Somebody said, some things are better caught than taught. And so the following hour, that the 11 o'clock hour, is when our children, pre-K through 12, our students, our middle schoolers, they're going to have their small group time. And so we're encouraging you to get connected in a small group. Again, some of these things are based on whether or not we have enough that can serve, for instance, in the preschool. Uh, we're going to make sure that our kids are safe and the workers in there are safe. And so if you've been involved in the preschool ministry in the past and you feel safe to be in there with our preschoolers following the protocols that we've set in place, we want to encourage you to kind of re-enlist and serve in that area. When I think about it, 21, 22 weeks where our, our children ha- have kind of been left to a Zoom connection and and. And this isn't to criticize anybody at all, but Miss Vicky works diligently to have these Zoom connections, and the number of kids that we see engaged has dropped off dramatically, and it disturbs me. Does it disturb you? And let me say this for the record. I could live the rest of my life without another Zoom meeting. Can I say amen to that? Now, I will say this, that if the best platform to you, for you to use to engage in your small group community is a Zoom platform or FaceTime or whatever it is, continue to do that. That is better than not at all. And if you see those that are not connecting in any way, you be the one to reach out. And to reconnect that person in relationship with that small group. I'm encouraging groups that, that uh, under the current, um, under the current 
recommendations, they're recommending in a small space 10 or less. I'm encouraging some that if you can do that in your home or somebody else's home, even if it's less than that, if it's three or four, if it's five like we meet on Friday mornings, then do that. Just get connected in whatever way you can. All right, I've said enough on that. That's our small group, what we're anticipating. Lastly is going to be this, and that will be our, our discipleship time on Wednesday nights. Let me back up. One of the things, parents, that we're doing with our Sunday mornings to help you be the primary discipler of your kids in their homes is that begin, beginning September the 13th, I'm going to be coordinating with Miss Vicki where we're going to be going through the whole of Scripture, beginning in Genesis through all of Revelation through the next year, so that that which is being taught, exhorted here on Sunday morning, will be able, you'll be able to implement in your home with your kids as you go. See, Miss Vicky, for more details about that, the church has paid for some 50 registrations where you can get connected in that, parents, so that we can help you be the primary disciples of your kids. Lastly, our Wednesday nights, our discipleship hour. We're going to be doing this for at least the fall semester where we'll open back up on September the 17th. We anticipate being able to do that. But we're going to do something very unique. And I think the timing is just right for it. In the past, we have had many groups scattered in different places, and all of it's been good, I think, but I'm not sure that it's been best. Again, this lends to that one church body. So we're going to take the fall semester, and our men of our church are going to be meeting together in a large setting where we can social distance with our high school teenage boys. As many of us have become apparent, it's become apparently aware that, that God has called men in the body of Christ to be spiritual leaders in their homes, to be spiritual leaders in the church, and to be spiritual leaders in the community. And we have seen the result of that through years where that has tailed off and waned off. So we're going to take this opportunity, and the men and the high school boys are going to be doing a series together called Better Man, where we're going to learn what God has for us in that we might be godly men and walk with Him, and at the same time be able to mentor high school boys around the table so that they too can learn from other men who are wanting to follow Jesus and share with them their struggles and their life, and hopefully they won't mess up stuff as bad as Chad has in his lifetime. (laughs) There's a biblical principle there. We're going to be doing the same thing with our women. Sean Wood is going to be leading a precept study where women and the high school girls are going to be coming together in the same format to do this. Our discipleship hour will be from 6 p.m. to 7.15. Worship team practice and God, uh, God willing, at whatever point we're able to resume the choir, all of that will be at the 7.15 hour. Here's why. Because I think discipleship is the most important thing that we can do, and God has called us to make disciples, and nothing is going to get in the way of that. You see, everything else grows out of that. We can get it backwards where all the other things begin to come in. And again, they're not bad. They're good. 
but trying logistically to schedule those that the thing that is most important gets cast away and those other things that are good keeping, keep us from being and fulfilling the mission that Christ has called us to do. There'll be a kids' worship hour, preteens, middle school, all of that. See your ministry area directors for more information on how that's going to work out. I want to close with this in Jude chapter 24, verse 25, where Jude writes at the closing, and we'll get to this as we continue in Jude next week. He says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. I want you to be praying about these anticipated times that the Lord would open up that. And I'm going to put a caveat there. Things could change. We understand that. But I felt it important for you to know where we are looking to continue. I don't want to have Anthropy, where my butt muscles deteriorate and I'm no longer immobile and I'm no longer effective. We as a church body, we have a mission that He's called us to. I don't want to sit back on my laurels and just wait for this thing to pass. Let me just say that again. I don't want to sit back on my laurels and wait for this thing to pass. There are things we can do in the interim and still be effective towards the mission that Jesus has called us to.